I want to share how much Johnny, James and I are enjoying recording these podcast episodes. We've been on quite a journey with the Football Fun Factory and over the past few years it's become a beast of a business as well as a brilliant children's football programme. So it's nice to take some time to transport us back to our roots of why we started this project in the first place, to make football fun for everyone. In today's episode of the Football Fun Factory podcast, we will be discussing what makes a great coach. It should make for an interesting chat considering I'm sitting here with two excellent, highly experienced and qualified coaches of children's football But what are the key characteristics of a brilliant football coach? Does it change depending on the age and ability of those you are coaching? Or does that not make any difference? Are qualifications important or is it all about the character and enthusiasm of those delivering the session or leading the game? There is a huge amount to delve into and I'm really excited to get the views and opinions of Johnny and James today. During my career in professional football, I was lucky enough to work and play for some of the best managers and coaches the game has seen. And I'll be sharing some insights of what that made them so special. So let's get straight to it. James, tell me a little bit about your early experiences and what shaped you as a coach. My early experience as a coach, I was 16 years old. I went down my local rec with a grassroots team that I played for, ended up coaching the five and six-year-old kids that came along on a Saturday morning. I just absolutely loved it. It was almost like my extension of playing, really. I knew from 16, that was kind of the end of my playing career, the dizzy heights I reached. And it was just a case of how do I stay involved in the game? And that's what I wanted to do, to coach kids and sort of impart any knowledge that I may have had at that time and and then grow my knowledge and develop as a football coach. Desperately wanted to work in football and that was really my first step, I guess. Fantastic stuff. Johnny, what makes you... A brilliant football coach. Uh, I don't know if I'd say a brilliant football coach. Thanks, Lou. It's no high praise no from you, worries. mate. Um, I think because I absolutely love it, love being around the kids, love injecting fun and sort of enthusiasm into the session, I think that's probably one of my superpowers as a coach. And I think that's for me when we talk about qualifications and those types of things. I think I won't go into too much detail, we'll leave it for the, leave it for the debate, but I think... It is all about injecting that bit of enthusiasm and fun into the sessions. And I think that's what I try and do within my sessions, which hopefully uh, sort of rubs off on the children that I coach. Fantastic. So let's delve a little bit deeper and put this subject on trial. Welcome back to Chaddy's Court. If you're listening on audio, I'm now again dressed up ridiculously in a judge's outfit. And for this part of the podcast, I'm going to give James and Johnny two contrasting opinions and it is their job to argue their point in Chaddy's Court. Johnny? Cheers, Chad. James? Cheers, mate. Who's going first? Um, Johnny, can you read yours out to the court, please? Uh, uh, great. A great coach is somebody that knows how to win and can get the job done by any means necessary. Fantastic stuff. James? Uh, a great coach within youth football understands they have responsibility to mentor and teach young people the skills that are important for life as opposed to just the skills that maybe mate my... my, my. <laughs> Come on, so you, can, you can do it. Take your time. <laughs> Just a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
as opposed to just the skills that might help the team or individual win. Fantastic. So, Johnny, I'm going to ask you to take the stand first and sort of give your opening statement. James, please feel free to prepare some questions mm. to fire over at Johnny. <laughs> so hard. Right, okay. I truly believe that a great coach is somebody that knows how to win. It is all about winning, teaching the kids exactly how to win. That may be getting the ball in the corner, grinding out results. It may be even not playing well, but still coming away with three points, finishing top of the league, finishing at the, the best place possible in the league and the cup, winning all the silverware and trophies. And it is up to a coach to teach those children to win at all costs and any means necessary. Cool. So, obviously, that's not true at all. Uh, we're not questioning yet, James. You oh. need to read. No, no, we are, Johnny. No, this is not how it goes. Yeah. It is how it goes. I'm going to invite James to take the stand after. Okay, it's fine. It just feels like you've not got feels control. Like there's a lack of respect in the court today, Luke. You're getting very close to me holding you in contempt to court. I'm asked to leave in a minute. James, ask the boy some questions. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> So, John, you talked about the importance of winning from the younger age groups and that the coaches should strive for that. I uh, don't think that should be, as we've previously discussed, you know, should that be driven by the children, not the coach? No, nope, it's up to the coach to, to really drive that home, to get the kids firing on all cylinders and coming away with those precious three points at the end of each game. So, if that happens and the coach is really driving that rather than the, the children driving the experience, is that not a risk to the children's enjoyment? As we do work for the Football Fun Factory, after all. It's not about the enjoyment, James. A great coach knows how to win. It's just not, that's not what you say in all your social media content. <laughs> yeah, I sort of need to encourage. <laughs> seem to have flipped your opinion. A great coach knows how to win. I know how to win. I'm a great coach. <laughs> Agree you're a great coach. <laughs> because I know how to win. Yeah. I can set the team up in different ways. Fight the, change the formation, be flexible with it. Go with the part of the bus. Tactic. Does the, does the formation matter when you're six? I just know how to win, James. I get the result, get the job done. It's all about the coach, not the children. Have you? Um, is that the end of your yeah, questioning? I, I feel that uh, the the statement from Johnny this week is so ridiculous that I feel it doesn't need any question. I think it's pretty obvious to the court. Okay, just one question from me: Does winning mean more than development? Um, my statement that I'm. Forced, to, <laughs> forced to, to read and fight the corner of, suggests that a great coach knows how to win and get the job done by any means necessary. So it may be at times throughout the match that the enjoyment does come second behind the result. I never thought I'd see the day you'd say that. <laughs> Fair enough, it's your opinion. <laughs> it's not my opinion. <laughs> okay, James, can you just um, remind us of your statement? And Johnny... Yeah. James is going to take the stand now, so you've got an opportunity to question him. So my statement is talking about a great coach within new football understands they have a responsibility to mentor and teach young people the skills that are important for life, as opposed to just the skills that may help the team win or an individual win. Cool. Have you got an opening statement to go alongside that? Absolutely. I have, yeah. <laughs> Apologies. So my opening statement is that... You're really losing the court today, Chad. You're on your last chapter. <laughs> So my opening statement is that children's football is about developing as a young person. Ultimately, we're all here today 
and having benefited from the wonderful experiences that we had as children playing football. You've talked about playing football with a big smile on your face. You've talked about the full-size goals and the nets that you scored in as a child and straight away your face lights up because you draw on those experiences. You've talked about Ian Walker's water bottle, Johnny, and the difference that it made to your life and shows that really it is about the experiences and it is about those brilliant life skills that can be developed. In my opening statement, I mentioned that a coach's job is to mentor and teach and guide children rather than teach them how to win. So winning does become important in time, but for children in particular, mentoring and developing them as young people is far, far more important. Very good. Does Very your... Can it, I get it, the medal now? Well, you, I think you're going to get hold it. Hold on, soon. hold on, hold on. Does your statement say anything about children's football? Uh, a great coach within youth football. So yes, it does, John. <laughs> Where so, are you going with this one, John? Because my statement having reread it when you were talking, mm. says a great coach is somebody that knows how to win. It doesn't actually mention children's football. So if you look at what a great coach is at the very top level of the game, the, the Pep Guardiolas of this world, they know how to win mm -hmm. and they are getting three points. That's what they're judged on. That's what their, their success is all built upon. Yeah. So... Just seeing if you had that little loophole that I could cling on to in uh, so, in your statement. So no, I think it's um, I think that is absolutely a journey that people go on, and but to do that you need to go on another journey, which is childhood. <laughs> oh, cool. I've no uh, further questions. No further questions. Okay, I'm going to bring proceedings to a halt. There's only one winner, Johnny. It's not you. <laughs> Johnny. No worries. Congratulations. Another medal. I was fighting a losing battle that week. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get out this ridiculous outfit and let's have a bit more of a serious chat about this subject. Okay, so I think we're all in agreement. Being a great coach isn't purely about winning. But what, in your opinion, James, is a great football coach? Children's football coach? Well, actually, my answer was going to be that a great coach kind of cuts across, my answer sort of cuts across adult football and children's football, and that's a great coach to be an inspiration. So if someone is engaging and inspiring, you could you, you mentioned Pep Guardiola, like that, that's what happens at the highest level as well, and you'll have experienced that, that the, the most inspirational coach might be because it's driving the team to win, but might be because it's because they're making the sessions really fun. I think you have to inspire. So for me, inspiration um, at Football Fun Factory, we'll talk about a coach's ability to engage and inspire. So engage to capture people's imagination, to get them to motivate them to want to take part and enjoy themselves and have fun. And then to inspire them to, to sort of go on a journey. And, and football is a journey where it's a youth development journey to become a better player, a journey of enjoyment and fun, um, whatever that might be. I think that your job as a football coach... And to be a brilliant one is to inspire. Fantastic. Johnny, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think I've been really fortunate throughout my coaching journey to see some pretty amazing coaches deliver and, and be Cheers around them. Cheers, John. No worries. Obviously including you two. Thanks, John. And I think the um, <laughs> one thing that remains consistent is their ability to get the very best out of an individual. And I think that's a huge part of coaching is getting the best and uh taking that child or that person and helping them reach their full potential. And I think that's, for me, is something that makes them a real co a great coach. And that could be in the life skills that they teach them. It could be in their actual football ability or, or even better, both. I think they're, they're the best coaches that I've worked with and they've been so good at that. But, Chaddy, come on, you've worked 
underneath some pretty amazing coaches during your journey. What what do you think? Yeah, 100% for me is all about them as a person, so much more so than sort of the tactical, technical knowledge that they've got. The best people that I ever worked with were people that I thought cared about me. The way that, oh, there's a great sort of saying that we worked a lot when we done the Advanced Youth Award about they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And in my experience in football, even the, the very greatest Sir Alex Ferguson, like he wasn't out on the coach, on the training field every day, taking the sessions, but it was the way that he made you feel. It was a way that you wanted to work harder than you could thought you could ever work before to, to get a well done from him because you had so much respect for him because it, it, you felt part of something. You felt like he cared about you and all the best people that I've worked with in football have made me feel like that. And it's not football reasons, it's sort of human values that that have made me respect them so much. What what are those values then? So obviously you say someone that really cares about you, but what sort of things do they have to demonstrate or those characteristics that they showed? I think most importantly, taking an interest in you as a, as a person, not just within being a talented football player, whatever it is, yeah. because relationships are so much more than that in any walk of life. It's yeah. about It's always about, do you feel cared for by someone? How do they treat you? First time... I ever went up to to Man United when I was 14, 15. I was absolutely scared stiff. I didn't really want to go, excited about going, but really scared about meeting new people. Played for Arsenal at the time, we were great, but never really enjoyed going to training because I never felt part of it, as it were. The second I went up to Man United, I fell in love with the place because everyone I met was so enthusiastic they were so pleased to see me they absolutely loved being part of that club and it was that environment that sort of culture and it wasn't anything to do with football or anything they told me to do on a football pitch it was just the way that I was made to feel and I think that's always been the case I think in professional football you meet a huge amount of people some fantastic people some not so good people but the best ones are the best people with the best human qualities like honesty, humility, sort yeah. of having the ability to admit when they're wrong and sort of taking responsibility. And I think they're the, the biggest the biggest lessons I ever learned in professional football weren't football lessons at all. It was all around the values of a human being. So how do we take that back to grassroots football then, just to make this really useful for any coaches listening? So if obviously you're walking in the training ground at Man United and people have different sort of seniority, like noticing you take like taking an interest in those kind of things made you feel like a million dollars. If we scale that back down to millions of children playing football at grassroots every weekend, how's yeah. a grassroots coach, John, help, help a child feel like a million dollars? So we, we spoke about this. We've been doing some webinars for local county FAs recently. And one of the questions that comes up or when we're talking through like some of the stuff that we recommend doing, one of it is all around a warm welcome. Mm. And you mentioned... Going up to Manchester, you might feel nervous in those opening minutes and then suddenly someone greets you with a massive smile on their face, a handshake, asks you how your day was, how your journey was. It does just put you at ease. And I think that's one thing that all coaches should do up and down the country is is really prioritise that warm welcome. No matter what day you've had at work, it may have been a horrible day at work, you may have got a dodgy email just before leaving, but when you get to the AstroTurf, what I always try and do is leave any baggage that I've got, any stresses that I've got at the gate, 
go onto the AstroTurf and set up my session, ready for that first child's arrival. As soon as they step onto the AstroTurf, massive smile on my face, massive warm welcome, use their name, uh, ask them about how their day's been. And I think that really sets the, the tone and the environment and sets you up for success in your session. So that would be one of my sort of top tips for grassroots yeah. coaches. I think it's the what and the how, isn't it? It's the what, what do children do when they get to the session? Because that's going to affect it massively. And it's how you kind of welcome them. So it's all well and good child coming into the session. And, hey, Luke, how's your day been today? What have you been up to? Oh, I saw the Man United score, whatever it might be. And then you're having that conversation. That's all great. But then if they go into something and what they're doing isn't, mm. isn't really their bag. So at Football Fun Factory, we also have a, the arrival activity of matches. I think it's such a brilliant tool, isn't it, for yeah. football coaches to, to just get kids into a match. Because every kid straight away is absolutely buzzing. That 100%. I think something like when we talk about what makes a brilliant football coach, I think the, the be-all and end-all for me, the biggest thing is that it's always about the children that you're coaching. I think I was spoke again on that webinar when I was speaking yeah. about the many, many mistakes I made as a coach and sort of going through qualifications, being a highly qualified football coach and wanting the sessions to be all about me and how much knowledge I've got and I'm stopping the session every five minutes to tell everyone what they should be doing and that sort of thing. But I think as soon as that happens, the game's broken and you lose the engagement of children. So for me, the best characteristics of a football coach are those that are 100% all about the children yeah. that they're coaching with their needs at the forefront of everything that happens within that session. I think it's really interesting. So tonight, after we film this podcast, we're going to be heading to a coaching observation, aren't we? So, yep. And we have pretty much the same conversation, um, obviously with different directions that we travel in with the person that we're, we're observing. Obviously, the person who's coming coming along as a football coach, potentially interested in our franchise opportunity, and we've, they've had a couple of meetings with you and looked at it from a business perspective, but they're also then going to see what it's like from a coaching perspective, see our sessions in action, see the warm welcome, see the arrival activities... Yep. And then we're going to see how they fit into that and see whether they can picture themselves doing that. And importantly, whether we can see them doing that and doing that to an appropriate standard for Football Fun Factory. The conversation, John, is probably worth you just sharing the, the, the kind of what we look for, the priorities yeah. and things that we have, because I think that's very, very useful for anyone to know. Yeah, 100%. So I think we've, we've seen coaches come in. Some have really high qualifications, UA for A licence, and we see people come in with their playmaker or, or FA level one. And there's, you don't need that to be a really good coach. And what we always say when coaches come in, we look for their ability to engage and inspire the children. And they're two things that are really, really key for us in all sessions, because I think if you do, it creates the, the love affair for children with football, and then they absolutely love it, stay in it and, and keep playing it for many years to come. And that's a top priority for us at the Football Fun Factory. The other thing that we look for within our sessions is that they tick off one of our three top priorities, safety, or all three of them, safety, fun and development in that order. The safety of the children, and that's not just checking the area to make sure there's no sort of broken glass or rubbish on the, on the pitch, whatever it may be, but also creating that safe environment for the children when they come in. So they feel like they can be themselves. They feel like they can be confident. They can express themselves and don't fear failure. We then look at fun ahead of development because we, we think that within our sessions, if the children are having fun, getting loads of touches, playing with their mates, they want to keep playing because they, they love it. They get to sessions early. They want to leave late because they are having so much fun. That's where the development will then lead. And then when we talk about development, there's actually a big 
development checklist over my right hand shoulder which is all around developing life skills so the coach can engage the children and inspire them to be a better person as well as a better footballer then then that sort of ticks a massive box for us and those are the two aren't they we so often the feedback is that quite often we'll see a coach we never ex- expect them to come in and coach the football fun factory way sometimes you get blown away by somebody who's just like you are football fun factory. Yeah, you're already there be, yeah. other people would go you are a great football coach we need to put you through some training and development to be able to teach you the football fun factory way which we do with everyone irrespective but then it's like is those priorities but in order so yeah. safety fun then development and yep. quite often we see those fun and development flipped around where development gets placed ahead of fun and I think that's the danger isn't it we have conversations around winning we have conversations around parents on the sidelines and things like that and that is where development gets pushed ahead of fun and it's just not right is it because ultimately it doesn't matter whether a child is super talented or kicking a ball for the very very first time if the focus is on fun the development almost takes care of itself so you spoke about sort of qualifications, whatnot. Some coaches have got a playmaker course, some have got UA for A license, something we mentioned at the start of the podcast. But the conversation that we've been having today, it sounds like, in all of our opinion, it's so much more the human characteristics, as you say, to be able to engage and inspire children so much more than a than a level of qualification. Would you be in yeah. agreement with that? So uh, you must have played in teams where you've had super, super talented players around you and you've gone out on the pitch on a Saturday afternoon and on paper, all the players in your team are miles better than all the players in the other team. But sometimes the other team win. Yeah. We've all seen that scenario, yeah. right? And you'll have experienced it firsthand. The reason why is then comes down to character, doesn't it? And how people apply themselves. And that then comes back to... The, the development journey that they're on and how the coach then positions that and builds that within the team. So I think it's really important that irrespective of a level of talent, it is really about those those human qualities. There's no point having, you know, you think back to like the Real Madrid teams of like the Galactico, you know, all the, all the brilliant players, but they didn't gel and they didn't work together and they didn't have that teamwork and hard work ethic and all the kind of things that we try and instill in everyone. Most importantly for me, it's how you take those things and apply them to other aspects of your life. Because the facts are that such a low percentage of children that play football go on to become a pro. Such a low percentage of children that play football as a child go on to actually play as an adult even. So even if people are dropping out en masse at some stage, then what they need to do is take all the best bits from that and transport that across to other aspects of their life. So if that then means that as a young child they played football and they had an inspirational coach and they developed some leadership skills, and they developed brilliant teamwork skills, and they looked out for others, and they encouraged their teammates, then wow, what, what a foundation to take for, through with you into your school life, and what a foundation to take for, through into your teenage years, and develop social skills, so you can develop socially as a, as a teenager, and then into your adult life, and your working life, and it just really sets you up for success. And then football, we all say as part of our mission statement, is just the vehicle for child development. So football is a great vehicle because people are so passionate about it. We're all so passionate about it. And we can use that to develop children. But actually, it doesn't really matter what the vehicle is because it's the outcome that we're looking for. And the outcome is just well-rounded human beings. Fantastic stuff. Johnny, last word on it for you? Yeah, I think qualifications 
don't define how good a coach is. And I think that's really important. I think there are some fantastic things on courses and fantastic learnings to have. But I think a great coach is, is made by their character, the way they hold themselves, the way they care about the children and how they put the children first. And I think there'll be lots of coaches listening on that have got maybe their A for B or their level two, whatever it is. And I think everyone is keen for the next bit, which is great because that the reason they want the next bit, hopefully, is because they want the learnings from that. But I think it's you can be a great coach if you've got your level one and, and you don't have to be a badge collector and, and just let that define who you are as a coach. And I think it is really does come down to, to how you are as a person and, and how much you care about the children to put an experience on for them. Great stuff. Good chat, guys. Let's go on for a few um, questions, listeners' questions. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, let's finish up with a few questions from our listeners. The first one, what was it like playing under Sir Alex? James? Do you want me to take this? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll obviously take that one. It was the most incredible experience. Like I say, when we spoke for the podcast, possibly one of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. Such a work ethic, so honest, so humble and learnt so many valuable lessons from him. I can't speak highly enough of that time and what an honour and how grateful I am to have had that experience. So thanks for that question. Did you submit that question? Yeah, <laughs> submitted all the questions. <laughs> how many goals did you score, Luke, in your under nine? <laughs> what are your aspirations for the podcast? Johnny? Yeah, I think we've got a few different sort of goals of this podcast. One to to try and raise awareness of the Football Fun Factory, to try and uh, sort of influence and inspire coaches up and down the country. And they're, they're two things for me, obviously, to get as many people knowing about our ethos, about what we're trying to do at the FFF. And two, yeah, to really try and influence coaches to hopefully take some of the bits that we talk about, about making football fun, prioritising sort of safety, fun and development that we referenced earlier on and, and taking that into their grassroots clubs. Yeah, I think I agree with all of that. It's giving something back. What's been really interesting over the last few weeks, actually, I haven't shared this with you guys, it's just that by doing this, it's kind of forced us to have all the conversations we had back at the start. So we're, you know, we're, we're building this brand, Football Fun Factory. It's all about children's football coaching. It's all about fun. It's all about enjoyment. It's such a simple concept, but it feels like no one's really doing it apart from us. But then you look at it and you go, well, at the start, we had all these brilliant conversations around making football fun, putting smiles on faces and really focusing on that and stepping away from development and focusing on fun. And by, by sitting down here every single week and filming this podcast, what we're doing is we're kind of just giving ourselves a constant reminder of kind of what we're in it for because Football Fun Factory as an organisation has developed in so many ways. Mm. It's become, like you used the word beast at the start, um, it has become a bit of a beast and it's a bit of a runaway train in some ways and you can get caught up in the the organisation and yeah. all the stuff that's not really football focused. So to sit down and talk about football all the time, one of the biggest benefits and, and the sort of aspiration for the podcast my aspiration is it just keeps reminding us every single day why we're doing this because I think it, it, that's a, a brilliant reminder and serves as unbelievable motivation to keep driving us forward. Yeah, I think mine's just to get that number one spot on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Finger in the top line. Yeah. One final question. What do you think of boys and girls playing on the same team? 
That's an interesting question. I think that there's been quite a big change in that, hasn't there, re- recently? I think the age has actually increased where where girls can now play as part of a mixed team, which is which is absolutely brilliant. I think the female game's really developing. I think that I think it's great. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I think there was a period of time where that age was quite quite low and it was very separate. I think there was a period of time you know, going back many years where it was almost like looked upon badly if there's a girl playing in a boys team and sometimes even the boys, you know, almost asking, questioning why they're part of the team, which is completely wrong. So I just think get that age as high as possible, you know, like get get boys and girls playing together as long as it's right. And, and obviously the coaches are well positioned to make those decisions as long as it's right for all parties. Yeah, I think um, sort of maybe the sad thing about that in the past was because there wasn't the opportunity for girls to play football. Yeah. It wasn't enough for all girls' teams. I think with the the popularity now, I, might, I think we might see it less and less because there will be more yeah. sort of girls' football, boys' football and sort of separated from an earlier age. But it's, it's always great as a, as a coach when you're seeing more girls playing football. I know it's something that we're massively doing yeah. here at the Football Fun Factory to give more girls opportunities but like you say I think it's it's great to see mixed teams in them younger age but groups. It's the mixture of both isn't it? It's making sure that if there's an all girls environment where a particular girl is more comfortable that's great and if there's a, a, a girl that wants to be part of a mixed team then that, then there's that opportunity too. It's almost like whatever's right for the individual, whatever's right for the parents and the child is is, is kind of the direction we want to go with it. Johnny, anything to add? Yeah, no, I think I was going to say a similar message to you, Luke. I think it's great now that there actually are more girls' teams and it becomes less of a an only option for girls to join a mixed team. And the fact that they're still sort of appropriate and they're still an opportunity for girls and boys to get involved in football, but the fact there are now more girls' teams that girls can get involved in, then happy days. It's only positive for, for future development of the women's game. Fantastic. Johnny, James, thank you for your insights today. Thank you for watching or listening and we'll catch you again really soon.